1: I'm J.B. Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details.
3: Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer and this is my brother Jonah.
4: We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we
3: are today. Who are pretty spooktacular, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. (laughs) Jonah, I'm so excited because it's, you know, that time of year and I'm talking about Halloween.
4: Yep, Halloween. So it's a holiday that we've celebrated our whole life and it always kind of makes me... I think this Halloween's very nostalgic for most people because adults, you're thinking back to... The time when you dressed up, when you trick-or-treat as kids, maybe you have kids now. And so it's always a time that makes me think of childhood and obviously candy.
3: Yes, totally, totally. And today, to celebrate Halloween, we thought we would make this a Bears-only session and wrap, that's Jonah's joke, about Halloween in a very cool way. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Now, do you remember, Jonah... When we were really little, dad would take us trick-or-treating on our street. It was very fun, but kind of a so-so street for trick-or-treating because the houses were kind of spaced out. Yeah. I feel like best candy experience houses are right next to each other. But I really have a visceral memory of this. We would really use those like pumpkin bucket like baskets.
4: Those plastic ones. Yeah, I remember that. To be honest, my most visceral memory of trick-or-treating is... Being so upset that I had to wear a jacket, <laughs> yes, because I felt like it would always be so cold, and I would spend all this time getting my costume together, and then I feel like mom and dad would be like, "Okay, well it's freezing out, you have to wear like, this big jacket over," and I would be so upset because I was like, "I want to show everyone my costume." <laughs>
3: Do you remember a specific costume? That's so cute. I don't remember
4: a specific costume as a child, unfortunately. I don't know. Do you?
3: Well, I kind of remember. I know exactly what you're talking about, Jonah. When you mentioned that, I was like, oh, you're right. I used to get so upset over that, too. And now living in L.A., it's like these kids don't know how good they have it. They don't know. Yeah, it's just nice weather. They can put on their costume. They don't have to wear a jacket over
4: it. Yeah, maybe they got to wear sunglasses and that's it, right?
3: Right, exactly. Yeah. And so I remember one year when we went trick-or-treating with dad, I was a ghost and I did the classic, you know, sheet with two holes cut out for eyes and maybe a hole to cut out for my mouth. And I remember it being, I probably had a jacket, like a big coat under it, but I remember just the eyes kept like not lining up with my eyes, like the eye holes. And it was really a frustrating costume because it kept moving around and I couldn't see that well. And I, you know, it's like, I feel like that's such a popular costume and it's maybe not as popular now because people have caught on and they're like, this actually really sucks as a costume.
4: Yeah, it's not the best for visibility. I mean, the other thing I remember from our trick-or-treating experiences is there was someone who always gave out those mini boxes of sun-kissed raisins and that was <laughs> yeah. always like the worst because i felt like you always really wanted chocolate there were some houses that would give out like full-size chocolate bars that was like the ultimate
3: yes yes yeah.
4: getting a full-size candy bar versus those like yeah tiny tiny like milky ways but the opposite of getting a full-size candy bar was getting raisins because it was like this isn't really candy yeah yeah now i would like raisins actually but back then i was not into the raisin well
3: also it's interesting because i think raisins are just as bad for your teeth as candy they probably have
4: so much sugar in them yeah yeah they probably are but at the time they seemed really healthy i mean maybe someone had apples or something too i
3: think someone had apples maybe yeah i feel like
4: you know the person that is trying to hand out healthy halloween snacks is like I get where you're coming from and I think their heart's in the right place, but it just doesn't feel like that's, the time to try to change the culture.
3: It's a little bit get over yourself and just like get in the spirit of the holiday.
4: It feels almost in some ways a little condescending. Like yes. I know, I know what you want candy, but I know what's best for you. And it's like it's a kid, it's Halloween. Give the kid a Twix bar and you know, save your kind of yeah. you know, grandstanding for your living room, you know, by yourself, <laughs> you know, where, you know, where no one's listening to you.
3: Yeah. I think <laughs> there was also to the condescending point, there was a person who used to, I think give out like dimes, not of weed, like just actual dimes, (laughs) like to kids and would like kind of, I remember like being at their door with like you and dad and like would kind of give a speech of like you know, I used to give out candy, but what are these yes. kids going to do with that? Now when they have a dime, yeah. first of all, a dime pays for absolutely nothing, sir. But second of all, like, don't give me a speech on Halloween. Like, also, I feel like a fucking idiot standing here dressed like a ghost with you, like, <laughs> <laughs> like giving me a workshop on, like, money management. Like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's weird to use Halloween and like kids as like a captive audience for your platform on like your thoughts. It's like, yeah, I think Halloween is really about kids. And I know there are some more kind of like, you know, there are haunted houses and stuff you can do if you're a little older. But to me, it's like the essence of Halloween is really about kids. It's hard for me to get super into it as an adult without kids. It's hard for me to really... Yeah. This is probably the most Halloween-y thing I will do is this podcast.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, Jonah, so we were just talking about like trick-or-treating when we were pretty young. Do you remember like being an older kid in trick-or-treating?
4: Yeah, I feel like there's a switch where it goes from getting candy to just wanting to really cause trouble.
3: Yeah, for you, yeah. For me. Yeah, I guess you didn't really
4: have that side of yourself as an older kid.
3: Right. I know we were going to talk about, like, there was this one area, which I never went to, but it was, like, this storied Halloween area in our neighborhood called Orangewood. And basically, the thing about it was, it was so good for getting candy because the houses were, like, truly right next to each other. And so you could, you know, hit up three times as many houses as you would in other neighborhoods, including ours. And people... People would take, I think, pillowcases to get candy, right? But there was also a lot of shenanigans because they'd get so much candy.
4: That was kind of where you went if you wanted to cause trouble. I went one year. I, I don't think I could go when I was, I only remember going once. But yeah, I mean, it was, I think, very tame in comparison to what the culture we live in now. But yeah, there's like, you know, people like, Getting attacked with shave. I remember like someone attacked with shaving cream. Yeah, or like maybe there's some eggs getting tossed around. I think it was pretty low stakes mischief, but it was the most kind of concentrated area of trick or treaters. Yeah, so that's kind of stuff would happen.
3: Yeah, I remember like I guess I didn't have any friends really invite me to go trick or treating there, but. I remember being, like, scared. Like, I was like, oh, man, I'd be too scared. Yeah, I don't
4: think you really needed, like, an invite. (laughs) Like, I think you could just kind of show up. Like, it wasn't, like, the Met Ball or something. Right,
3: right, right, right. Well, one year I went in Orange Tree, I think it was called, which was, like, a neighboring neighborhood. And I remember, like, it being more candy than I'd ever gotten. I think that was, there were only a few years. I mean, because once you get, like, old enough to sort of, like, go with friends, then you sort of are getting older and like at a certain point, like I still remember the last year I went trick-or-treating and I was definitely too old to do it. Yeah. I don't remember what my costume was, but I do remember it was, we went at Steph Rue's neighborhood. I think Gwen was there and maybe my friend Lissy. I'm trying to think of who exactly was there, but I remember going trick-or-treating and being so focused on getting candy because i was like full almost an adult and i was like i'm just basically doing this for candy <laughs> so i remember getting to the doors and the people being like <laughs> like oh hello and i'd be like where's the candy <laughs> like i just was like so ready <laughs> to like and then i was like oh i'm too old. like i realized while i was doing it i'm too old to be doing this yeah I also ran into this was really weird because they lived in Steph's neighborhood like our great aunt and uncle like our uncle Ronnie I think and his wife like lived in that area okay and I was like hey it's Vanessa but I was like in costume (laughs) and they were like oh Vanessa like we didn't see them that often and I was like what's up and I was probably like in like 8th or ninth grade like trick or treating and they were like uh huh
4: (laughs) yeah I feel like you could have just kept a costume on they might not even known it was you and then you could have avoided what sounds like an incredibly awkward interaction
3: yeah I don't know I I couldn't help myself but yeah I remember I was like okay I can't do this anymore because like I need to just like go to the store (laughs) you know drive myself to a store and buy candy which I can do now you know right
4: yeah I mean I did, you know, experiment with. Going to Orangewood, and then I went to a couple haunted houses in an adult. Yeah, that's the adult way of Halloween. That's the adult way. I remember them being pretty scary. Yeah, and I'm not really into that kind of being scared in that kind of visceral way. But I also feel like at this point, as like a 42 year old person, nothing in a haunted house would scare me because I would just be like, I know it's safe. It's just like a bunch of high school kids. Like, yeah, gonna, I know someone's going to jump out from behind this thing. Like,
3: right, right, right.
4: I think I'm just too jaded. I
3: never had any interest in going to a haunted house and there were so many in Cleveland like when you would listen to the radio like there was the one in Berea where they would have a valley girl voice do it where they'd go Maria, it is so scary. Oh, yeah. And it was always like, are you guys going to ever change that? I guess it's working for you. So you're going to use the same one every year. Yeah, And then there was like,
4: there was one in Hudson. But you know, what I'm thinking of is do you remember when as kids, we went to that hometown buffet?
3: Yeah. And you were completely disgusted.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, that to me is like, that would be a haunted house. To me. <laughs> And I had this kind of, like, reaction as a kid, like, going into a buffet with lots of, like, fluorescent lights and carpet and having to, like, saddle next to people for this, like, mashed potatoes and, like, walk through and not know where to sit. Like, that is so much scarier to me than some person in a mask.
3: Like, that is a haunted house today and when you were a kid? Yes, absolutely to me a haunted house today and when i was a kid is a huge dog yeah is like having a huge dog in the house who's like scary and like always like trying to jump up on you
4: yeah yeah you're not the biggest dog fan i mean our dog is medium-sized and is very sweet but yeah everyone's got something different you know right
3: i was doing casey wilson and danielle schneider's podcast bitch sesh A few months ago, and I was saying there's this one housewife, Kyle, and she I mean, all the housewives live in these huge mansions. And one of them, Kyle has like all these big dogs. And I'm like, you've ruined your house. Like you've ruined the experience of being in your house. Like I'd rather be in a tiny house than be in your big house with like all these huge dogs running around.
4: Were you at this person's house or you're just saying like hypothetically?
3: No, I'm saying like hypothetically. Like Kyle hasn't gotcha. invited me to her house, although we both live in LA. So who knows? <laughs> but like you just ro- like all of these rich people with a million dogs. It's like, okay, you played yourself. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, you know, with dogs, it, it also can be... You know, the size is one factor. It's also like how well trained they are, their personalities, their disposition, because some big dogs can be very sweet.
3: No, I know. But like I'm talking about, Okay, let me clarify. I'm not going to say our producer Hans just told me I'm going to alienate millions of listeners by saying I don't like dogs, but (laughs) I don't mind like a sweet dog. I mean, but like, I'm talking about like, you know, those dogs that are like, I'm trying to think of the type of dog and they're like jumping up on you all the time.
4: So let me just clarify, like we didn't grow up with dogs. Yeah. And I think that what you're describing, I guess, is as a thing, but I don't think it's Super common, but I think maybe since you haven't spent a lot of time around dogs, you might think a lot of dogs are like that.
3: My friend Lissy, her dad growing up had a German shepherd named Jade, uh-huh. and it would just like run up on you and it could like knock you down. Yeah. And I'm like, in what world would I put this dog? And this is no burn to her dad and stepmom, but like, you guys, you have a beautiful home. Like, you played yourself with this big dog. <laughs>
4: I think it's just also different once you have a dog, you, your attitude kind of changes about it a little bit. But I see what you're saying also.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: About, you know, the <laughs> congratulations. You played yourself type sentiment being directed in that type of a situation. <laughs>
3: yeah, But I will say back to haunted houses. And again, a big dog that knocks you down is my haunted house. I would say I was always too scared to go to them. The only one that I think you and I both went to when we were kids was we had this fair every spring called the orange jubilee where our school would in the high school parking lot they'd put up this kind of carnival and there was always a haunted house there and it was like my memory of it was like it was pretty tiny yeah and it reminded me of the haunted house in the first episode of are you afraid of the dark on nickelodeon whereas it was like yeah had some weird mirrors and stuff in it but it like took like maybe 30 seconds to walk through
4: that haunted house. I remember it was actually like on a trailer. It wasn't like a freestanding structure. I think everything there was kind of like a trailer. So maybe it was like a double wide kind of trailer that somehow folded out into a haunted house. But I I don't think it was very big because I think it literally had to like fit inside of a semi truck or something. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But I
4: remember going to that one with dad and we got up to the entrance and (sighs) this like kind of like skull popped out and I was like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> and I just turned around and left. <laughs> I, like, didn't even get inside. I didn't even get have to go at the exit. I just turned right around and left. I was like, this is How not for me. How old do you think you were? I don't remember. I mean, I was probably, like, 10 or something or 9. I don't know. Yeah. I was pretty little. But I remember really wanting to go. And then as soon as the first thing happened, being like, we're not doing this. Yeah. Like, this is way too scary.
3: Yeah. The Orange Jubilee was so interesting because first of all, haunted house, not even close to Halloween when it happened, right. but also like there were rides there but some kids' parents wouldn't let them go on the rides because they were like they set these rides up yesterday and they're taking them down tomorrow like you're absolutely not allowed to go on these rides. I think that's fair. Then there was a lot of carnival food and then I remember I did these like dance classes when I was in like 5th <laughs> grade or something and we like had our recital like at the Orange Jubilee like if you like kind Kind of we are in the courtyard of like the high school, you could see our dance recital, and then also the after school state trafters community production play was always during the Orange Jubilee. Wow,
4: the spring one! Wow, that must have sold out every year.
3: Yeah, I was in Peter Pan. Okay, we have talked about this before, I won't get too into it. I was very miscast, right, with a very small part, so that. Was not cool. (laughs) But, anyways, there are a lot of like performance aspects that you might not have known about going on at the Orange Jubilee, Jonah. Yeah,
4: I actually, you know, in this theme, I actually went to a carnival. Recently, like a week or two ago.
3: Yeah. Was there a haunted house there?
4: No, it was like a livestock carnival. And there were awards for like animals. And uh, it was on Martha's Vineyard. And so it was not Halloween themed, but I had some carnival food. There was a lot of carnival games, Ferris wheel. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, you know, these games... Yeah, I guess they're fun, but you're basically just handing someone over your money, right?
3: Exactly, exactly. Like the one where, like, do you remember the one from the Orange Jubilee where you'd have to drop circles and they would have to, like, land on top of this other circle? And, like, the person who was running the game would do it so easily and then be like, it's your turn. And then it was impossible. Yeah.
4: You're better off really just taking that money and buying a toy with it.
3: Exactly.
4: Versus, like you know playing the- but i guess that that's part of the fun is the experience right but right
3: right right there were these guys in my grade i won't call them out by their full names even though every time i talk to or see any of them i always bring this up but we were like in high school and they counterfeited money and they took it to the orange jubilee and they like started buying I don't even know what they were buying. Like, I guess carnival food. Like, I don't I don't. There There wasn't wasn't, that much shopping to do stuff to buy. Maybe there was like a tie dye station. Maybe they bought some T-shirts or something. And then one of them made the mistake of using a counterfeit 20. Okay. Which I guess was like a lot more obvious. And they got caught.
4: (laughs) So what happened to them? Do you know?
3: I think the police got involved. I don't think they got in that much trouble because they were all minors. But it's so funny that they did that. Like, because I think they were just trying to see if it would work. It did until it didn't. They flew too close to the sun. They probably could have gotten away with, like, a lot of free elephant ears and stuff. But, you know, such is life.
4: Well, let that be a lesson, right, to people today.
3: We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back to talk about Halloween. Too do Spooky.
4: And we're back. So Vanessa, do you have any favorite Halloween music or Halloween songs or anything like that?
3: Hmm. I guess because I don't listen to scary music like you, Jonah. I don't really have that many. None really come to mind. And by the way, I wasn't trying to burn you, Jonah. I was just trying to kind of do a bit. Do you have any favorite?
4: No, it's true. I do. Yeah. I mean, the Misfits have a song called Halloween. Okay. They have two versions of it. And I feel like when I was... In college, like a band, would always dress up like the Misfits and and do like a Halloween set. I never did it, but I used to cover Misfits songs a lot in high school. But they're a band I was really associated with Halloween and a band I listened to so much in high school.
3: Well, you know, Jonah. Speaking of the Misfits, your bedroom in high school kind of looked like a haunted house because you had so many posters up from these bands like the Misfits that were really, really terrifying. Like what's the one I've brought it up on here before where it's a bunch of pigs sitting around a table eating like a human that's been Roasted.
4: Yeah, it's a bunch of cartoon animals eating a cartoon human. That is uh, No Effects. It's I believe their first album. is called Liberal Animation. Got it. And I had a poster of that in my bedroom. Yeah, growing up, that's a really cool poster. I haven't seen that one in a while.
3: There were some other scary posters in your room too, but that's the main one. My room was
4: covered like every square inch with stuff I cut up from magazines. Yeah, gigantic. <laughs> Do you remember at one point I hung up our our gigantic American flag? <laughs> on Upside yes. Down,
3: yes. And it, like, took up like a whole wall. In my room. We had an American flag in front of our house, <laughs> and we used to like have it like you know flying uh, in front of our house. And then at some point, I think we took it down in the winter, every winter, mm-hmm. because of the snow and stuff. And then we kind of stopped putting it up. And then you put it up upside down. <laughs> yep. On your wall in your bedroom.
4: Yep. I put that up at a lot of show flyers. But then you know the other thing with our house and the flag was. Once that flag was gone, at some point, I bought this gigantic pirate flag. I don't know if you remember this. I bought this gigantic pirate flag in college, and I came home once, and I asked mom and dad, can I hang this pirate
3: flag on our post In front of the house.
4: In front of the house. And I felt like mom was like, I don't know. Dad was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And so for a while, we had this gigantic skull and crossbones flag hanging, like, in the front of this, like, nice suburban house. And I remember thinking it was so funny. And our neighbors must have thought it looked completely wild.
3: It is so crazy, like, being adults now and thinking about, like, like, as a kid, you'd just be like, that's awesome. But like, or I guess college student. I was probably too old to think this is a cool idea. Probably the neighbors were like, what? (laughs) Now I kind of do vaguely remember the pirate flag flying outside of our
4: house. You know, you got to take chances and ask your parents, you know, if you're you're listening to this, sometimes you got to take a chance and sometimes they'll surprise you. And sometimes they'll say, sure, you can hang a pirate flag in our front yard.
3: I don't know if you remember this, Jonah, but you and our parents, specifically our dad have a long history with flags because I remember when you were in like fifth grade or sixth grade you got this assignment where you had to write an essay on whether it was okay to burn the flag. Do you remember this at all? Oh, yeah. Vaguely.
4: I vaguely remember this.
3: And I remember Dad helped you with it. You, like, ended up writing this article where you were like, obviously, like, we need to, like, respect our country and everything, but I think burning a flag, like, should not be illegal. Like, you have to let people, like have freedom. And like that includes like freedom of expression, you have to like let them burn flags. And I remember being like, I bet like you were one of the only ones in your class who was sort of defending burning flags. Our dad was sort of someone to always play devil's advocate. And I think he sort of convinced you to kind of think outside the box and not I bet most of the students in your class were like, no way you can't burn flags. And you were like, absolutely, you can.
4: (laughs) I know. It's so funny because that seemed like such like a hot button issue at that time that is not really yeah. a thing anymore.
3: It was like a early 90s thing was like burning flags, right?
4: It was really controversial. I felt like it happened a lot. People would get really upset about it. That was like a fundamental right. People were kind of fighting for and that it just isn't really yeah a priority now obviously there's so much other stuff going now on now
3: it's like people are going so much further it seems like burning a flag is like the most tame thing you could ever do
4: yeah it doesn't seem like it would be that big of a deal like i feel yeah. like you could see that or like the farmer's market yeah <laughs> that sounds like a fox news talking point it's like they're burning flags at that the farmer's market
3: Yeah, well jonah you were right it's not that big of a deal now jonah do you remember like as an adult did you ever go to any Halloween parties and do you remember like the costumes you wore or anything? Because this was very big for me as an adult.
4: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mainly, you know, I used to have kind of big hair and so I had like a easel or not an easel, I had like one of those little things you hold paint in and, and like a paintbrush and I would just go as Bob Ross. <laughs> I was always into just really low maintenance, low effort costumes. Like I can pick up with this Smart. one prop Smart. and go out the door. The thing that I really always drove me nuts was when people are like you have to dress up to go to a party or like yeah. you save money if you dress up like this sort of pressure right to dress up because I've never have found it to be really like something I get really into so I just found it sort of more obligatory and so I kind of put forth the low I was like who do I already sort of look like and how can I yeah show that I'm trying without spending more than like $10? I don't know. What about you?
3: I think like for me and a lot of my friends, like we would like dress up to go to high school on Halloween. This will come up later in this episode when we play kind of a themed game. But we would always dress up to go into high school. And I think part of the reason I liked it is because I got to like wear fake eyelashes and like put on a lot of makeup and stuff. And I thought like that was really fun. Like it felt like getting dressed up. And I remember we did Gilligan's Island one year where I played Ginger in high school and Lissy was Marianne. Scott Perlmutter was Gilligan. Anyways, we did like a really good job. Like it really looked like Gilligan's Island. Like, and then I remember once I was out of high school, Like, I remember when I was living in Chicago, Napoleon Dynamite was really popular. And I was like, I had to get like a vote for Pedro shirt. And then I was very easily Napoleon Dynamite.
4: Vanessa, can you do a Napoleon Dynamite impression?
3: Yeah. Your mom went to college. (laughs) It's not that good. Okay,
4: (laughs) It's pretty good for no prep.
3: Thank you. One year I went when we were still in high school. Sorry to go back. I went to school as like a 16 year old Orphan Annie, Mm -hmm. where I wore like a red dress. I had really short hair, curly hair, because anyways, my hair was really short and curly and I went as Annie and it was kind of like a big hit. And then later (laughs) that night or that weekend, I went with Lissy to visit her sister Shauna at University of Michigan like we went and stayed overnight and I went as like I wanted to wear a more sophisticated costume so I went as like a disco queen and I wore like a tube top and pants and I was like I'm at a college and I like look so cool and two different people like shouted out to me when we were like out and they were like Orphan Annie (laughs) like just because (laughs) of my hair Uh like even though I was dressed completely differently they thought I was still Orphan Annie Oh man, just in kind of a disco outfit
4: that makes me think we were allowed to get out of class to take a picture or something for halloween in high school do you remember this at all yes
3: i do remember that
4: and so i remember being in class and at this point i really just wanted to get out of class because i was like a 16 year old and i remember they were like they gave an announcement like if you're in a costume you come down and i looked down and i was wearing like huge doc martin boots camouflage pants (laughs) like a black t-shirt i had a shaved head i was like i look like a military person or something, even though this was more like my like punk outfit. Like I had a huge wallet chain probably. Yeah. So I was just dressed normally, but I just assumed, Hey, no one's going to question this. And guess what? No one did. And I just had confidence. I just remember being able to leave class and being really psyched about that.
3: I like that you said that you had confidence. Yeah. You mean you had confidence, meaning... I had confidence in that no one was going
4: to be like, this person is not dressed up for Halloween.
3: Right, right, right. In some ways, you wore a costume to school every day.
4: In some ways, I did wear... It didn't feel like a costume to me. It didn't
3: feel... It wasn't a costume to you.
4: But to, quote, unquote, society, quote, unquote, (laughs) you know, kids going, living by their conformist standards, you know, listening to... whatever, Dave Matthews band, just doing everything, you know, like everyone else, they probably thought Jonah's <laughs> dressed up. Yes. But I just wasn't living the conformist lifestyle and honestly, still am not. So. Still
3: you're not. You're still not. Yeah. Now, Jonah, now that we're adults and it's not really, quote unquote, our holiday anymore. Sure. What do you think about adults who get like very into Halloween?
4: Yeah, that's tough. Look, if someone gets enjoyment out of something, you know, who am I to say, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You're too old. You know, I think if you, you know, obviously, like we talked about earlier, you hit a certain age. I don't know exactly what it is. Right. Maybe. 16 it's it's tough to actually continue trick-or-treating right. as you learned firsthand vanessa you did yeah this.
3: for me I I knew when I was too old because I only cared about the candy exactly yes but I think if you're an adult
4: if you want to you know decorate your house you know some people really go overboard with that stuff I mean I think if that's something you get into and it brings you enjoyment that's great it's hard for me personally to identify with that kind of a sentiment because that's just not me
3: right 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 Exactly.
4: That's my sort of take. If, if you do it, it's not hurting anyone and it brings joy to people. That's great. But I can't personally really relate to that because that's just I've never had that sort of mentality. I don't know. What about you, Vanessa? You, you, you live in Los Angeles. I'm sure you get a lot of trick or treaters.
3: Yeah, I have some friends who get into it more than others. I would say a lot of my friends who have kids like, you know, they'll dress up with their kids. I think that's probably really fun for the kids and cool. I usually go to my friend's house for Halloween here in LA and she has some people over and she gives out full-size candy bars. And it is interesting to see, you know, whether the parents are dressed up with their kids. And it's also interesting to see how much the parents expect that they're going to get candy too. And it's, Uh. yeah, it's really kind of a fine line where you go, okay, go ahead. And then sometimes the kids and or sometimes the parents come back and they try and get seconds. Like, you know, they'll have walked down a hill and then they have walked back up and they kind of try and pretend they haven't been to our candy station yet. And we have to tell them no. And it's really mortifying for them, I think. And I hope. Yeah, I can imagine. They've learned their lesson. But yeah, interesting adults. You know, one year, Jonah, I don't know if you know about Heidi Klum has this. I don't know if she's still doing it, but she would famously have this like really involved Halloween party every year where like there would be these red carpet kind of photos of people who would go all out, like probably spending like hundreds or thousands of dollars on their Halloween costumes And one year I got invited. Whoa. I don't know how I got invited. It was like three years ago. Did
4: you get an an email or you got an invite in the mail? How do you get invited?
3: I'm going to look right now on my phone and see. I got an email. They sent it to my managers, I think.
4: This is a how did we get weird exclusive scoop. This
3: is a how did we get weird, very exclusive scoop. Okay. So this was on October 11th, 2016. I wasn't living here yet. We would love for Vanessa to attend Heidi Klum's Halloween on Monday, October 31st at 9pm at Vandal in New York City. Oh, it was in New York. Please find the invitation below. Monday, October 31st, Vandal, DJ set by Questlove. Wow. Yeah. RSVP, costume mandatory invitation strictly non-transferable
4: the costume mandatory thing that's where i go Eh, yeah can't can't do it
3: well it's also just the idea of you know being an adult who is spending all this money on your halloween costume i mean if that's your thing great i don't think i would have been able to, like, keep up with the level of... Well,
4: what was your reaction? Did you, did you consider going or were you just like, yeah? I...
3: Well, I don't think I really considered going because I was on SNL and it would have been hard for me to go on a Monday night. And also... Right. The other thing that I will say, one thing about being on SNL is it really takes the fun out of Halloween because you are in a costume every Saturday. Right. Or in many costumes for the sketches. Like, you're almost exclusively not playing yourself When you're on SNL, unless you're in the monologue or you're on Weekend Update as yourself. But in general, you're always wearing a costume and a wig. So the idea of Halloween is just like, okay, it's another day at work.
4: Sure, that makes sense.
3: (laughs) So yeah, that's one downside of SNL is it takes the magic out of Halloween. I hate to break that to, you know, fans of the show, but... You know, there's a lot of upsides. So
4: yeah, and you could head down to Vandal any night of the week when you're in New York and go clubbing.
3: Yeah, I hope I haven't. I wonder if that's where she has it every year. And now people know. I hope I haven't. You know,
4: no, I looked it up. It looks like that club is no longer okay. Open. Got it. Got it.
3: Got it. Well, R.I.P. Vandal.
4: R.I.P. Vandal.
3: And on that spooky note. (laughs)
4: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a Halloween themed game that everyone is going to be super into.
0: Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Agnello, Paul W. Downs and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series.
4: All right, and we are back to wrap up this Halloween-themed episode of How Do We Get Weird. We're going to do a special Halloween edition of Change.dork. <laughs> Change.dork. Now, before we get into this, I just want to say someone has started a Change.org petition about me.
3: Yes. This is important. This is
4: important. And it is titled, Let's Make It Official, Jonah Bayer is a Notable Alumna. And this is sort of based on our back to school episode. I gave a pretty good argument of why I should be on our high school's website in the Notable Alumni section. And I'm not going to read this whole summary it's it's actually quite long yes which i appreciate the work that went into this yes and the craftsmanship
3: the craftsmanship
4: yes you know an excerpt it says you know Joan is a prolific polymath whose talent has influenced music journalism taking down ceos and podcasting you know this person finds it very unjust that i'm not on the site you know i'm conflicted about this because a i agree with the sentiment of this petition and i like <laughs> the enthusiasm i also feel like This whole segment is basically us saying, like, this is not how you use (laughs) change.org. Right. So it feels a little hypocritical for me to like this isn't how you use it unless it's admittedly, this is not incredibly important issue to most people. Yeah. What do you think? So I'm a little torn about it. I like the enthusiasm. Nothing against that. I just feel like ideologically, I don't know where I stand on a petition like this.
3: Well, I think the listener who created this petition, I want to say thank you to them. Yes, me too. Thank you to Mark Turback. Look, I think that they were in on the joke, which is that we tell people, you know, change.org is really probably likely founded for social justice type of petitions. And he's created a petition doing the thing that we made fun of, which is using it for, you know, Other means. And look, you should be a notable alumni on our former high school's website. You know, I hope that people go to it. Again, it's called Let's Make It Official. Explanation point. Jonah Bayer is a notable alumna. Explanation point.
4: We got 16 signatures. We got 16. And at 100, it's more likely to be featured in recommendations. So...
3: And if you have a hard time looking for it, it's on both of our Twitter pages and we will post it in the episode notes. So hopefully you'll be able to find it.
4: (laughs) It's not on mine yet, but I might post it. I don't know.
3: Well, if you want it, it's on my I've posted it. Thanks in part to my friend Jenny Binstock, who wrote a really nice description of it um, and posted it herself. I reposted it. Okay, now, Jonah, let's get to our... Halloween edition of Change.dork, where we make fun of people for using Change.org the wrong way. Things are getting kind of meta. Okay, Jonah, do you want to read this first one? Yeah. So,
4: you know, in doing research on Change.org about Halloween, there is a really one main petition. Yes. And there are hundreds of different versions of it.
3: Hundreds of people. So many. Hundreds of petitions for this same cause. Just
4: pages and pages of the same cause, which is there should be no school the day after Halloween.
3: Yes. So many people.
4: So many people. So this is one that I found. This is directed towards the St. Vrain Valley School District. This one has 61,000 signatures, but there are many more of these.
3: I found one that had over 100,000 signatures.
4: A lot of them kind of don't have as many, but a lot of young people are very interested in this happening and I think don't know exactly how to do it. So they're going to change.org. And so this one just says... Everyone wants to have fun Halloween night. The majority of us will be likely to stay up late on Halloween and not want to get up the next day. By sending us to school, we may not perform as well, and it will be hard for us to focus. By signing this petition, you are supporting no school the day after Halloween. Now, what's interesting about this petition is it's only supposed to be for one... School, but sixty-one thousand people signed it. So I'm assuming, yeah, this kind of caught on, or it's like a, the biggest school, the biggest
3: school you could imagine,
4: you <laughs> could imagine. But then there's a follow-up on Halloween. Okay, this is from 2019, where a formal email was sent out that included a link to this petition. Wow. So this petition did. What it set out to do, it got the attention of school administrators. I think this rarely happens with these petitions. This person said, in response, I was called in during the school day and informed by my principal that this petition was made too late and nothing will most likely be done about it in time for Halloween, despite the amount of signatures we were able to get. The support on this petition is well appreciated, and this can hopefully be used for future years to come when there's more time to organize a day off after Halloween. Wow. Here's what I think. Yeah. The administration, they're passing the buck. They're following the typical CEO handbook, and they're saying, oh, there's nothing we can do. We have school scheduled. You could always call day off. You call snow days. Right. In the future, it's like, yeah, we know Halloween happens every year. I think the administration was like, I can't believe how many signatures this petition got. We have to address it. We're just going to say we can't do anything when in reality, you probably could.
3: Yeah. Congrats. You played yourself. I mean, I think to the administration,
4: there's an element of of congratulations. You played yourself. To Congratulations.
2: You played yourself.
3: You know, Jonah, this does sound like a really smart kid who went. I feel like their argument is really succinct, but also clear. And they're not trying to use any big words terminology or to kind of get their point across. They're being really genuine here. And they did the right thing. Like they made a petition, they got a bunch of signatures. Yep. They were brought into the principal's office to discuss it. I mean, that's pretty, you know, I'm uh, good for this person. It reminds me, like, just think, Jonah, when you were in middle school, if you had started a petition to make the Domino's pizza slices be cheaper, if you had started a petition, just think what would have happened. Instead, I think you were got- called into the principal's office for them just to tell you that that they weren't going to do it. But you didn't have a bunch of supporters' signatures.
4: Yeah. Do you think it's too late for me to make that petition? Probably it's too late.
3: I can't imagine that would stop you. I mean...
4: (laughs) But yeah, so I agree. I think this person has a good point. Like, yeah, if kids are out super late, you know, is this like one day a year, you know, then you have to get up so early for school. I think this is a valid petition. And I think that this is something the administration should really seriously consider. Take a hard look and take a hard look in the mirror and think about are you serving the students or are you serving yourself? And who's the priority?
3: Well, you know how there's those days during school for the administrators. You know how sometimes you'd get a random day of school off? Like it would be yeah. in the calendar. Yeah. Why couldn't they make those meetings or whatever they had to do on that day on the day after Halloween? That's
4: a really good idea. You
3: know, like, I don't know. Maybe it was too late in the school year, but good for this person. This was in 2019. I bet now 2022. too. They're doing great, you know?
4: This person is probably quite successful.
3: Quite successful. I mean, they're still quite young, but... Yes. They've probably got a very bright future ahead. Now, I'm going to read the second one. It's called Halloween Costumes on Halloween. This girl started this petition to her school, Johnson School System, and she says... We would like to wear costumes to school on Tuesday, which must have been Halloween, to embrace our younger selves. We have so much stress on us nowadays. We have tests all the time. We have outside of school priorities and more. We understand it has to be within reason, no masks and school appropriate clothes, but we would still like to wear costumes. We feel as though it could help us be stress free for a day or at least a little stressed out and more like our younger selves. Thank you for listening. We hope you let us wear costumes on Tuesday. Sincerely, the students of Johnson Senior High School. Now, I have to say this poor person, I feel for the person who wrote this petition and her friends. I mean, you know, they're only seniors in high school and they're talking about wanting to feel more like their younger selves.
4: (sighs) Yeah, I feel like I need a moving van because there's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm not sure that made sense, but there's... Yeah, there's a younger <laughs> self thing. I don't know... Like, it sounds like this person has a lot of stress in their life. Yes. But I don't know how dressing up for Halloween is going to... It sounds to me like they're looking to that as sort of a way to eliminate stress and tests. But it's like all that stuff is still going to exist, right? Like, this person seems like... This is really going to affect their attitude throughout the day. This seems very important to this person, and so my thought is, it's hard for me to relate to this sentiment because, like I said, like right. if something is is costume mandatory, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to go to this. But at the same time, if it brings someone, you know, joy, and like they said, you know, they're they're not going to wear masks, they're going to keep it within the guidelines. I think, sure, why not? Why not? Isn't it, it's school? It's not like a punishment. Like you right. should be able. To, it, it's school. It's not. You're not in there for doing crimes or something like I just feel like you should be able to have a little bit of levity at school and so I think that this is reasonable
3: also their request is so tame it's like it's very tame we'll wear stuff that's appropriate we won't wear masks like I wouldn't have even thought to say that like I think I don't know I wonder if this is a school where they wear uniforms maybe and so maybe that's part of it I don't know but I agree I think that Look, these Halloween petitions are turning out to be pretty... I know at the end of this, we can only pick one to support, but they all kind of have a point.
4: Yeah, and there's a comment here that says everyone should be allowed to celebrate the holidays, regardless if it's Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's, etc. And I think that, you know... That's true. I mean, it's hard, you know. Yeah. Who is the administration to pick and choose what you can and can't celebrate as long as you're keeping it within, you know, the guidelines? I think that, you know, lighten up a little bit, people.
3: Yeah. And P.S. keep the CEOs that invented those holidays, you know, rich.
4: Well, keep in mind Halloween, probably the candy industry loving that holiday every year.
3: Speaking of Valentine's Day.
4: Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So this last petition. It's called, this is a really interesting one.
3: Really interesting.
4: It's called Change Halloween to be Celebrated on the Last Saturday of Every October. This one is directed towards U.S. Congress. Mm-hmm. There's 20,000 signatures. And it says, you know, each year Halloween falls on a different day. Naturally, the majority of those days are weekdays that children have school and parents have work. Since Halloween is a primary kid-related holiday, I think it would be more fun for children and easier on parents if the holiday was actually observed on the last Saturday of October. No one would have to rush home on a Monday to get rid of trick and treat for a couple hours before going to bed to go to work school the next morning. Adults and children could enjoy the family holiday more without the worry of school and work. Celebrating holiday on a Saturday also means adults will be able to party without the worry of going to work the next day. This to me is just a home run of a petition. Like yes, this idea uh-huh. makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's laid out in a very clear, concise, and logical way. Yes, and I feel like I think this actually makes makes a lot of sense. What do you think, Vanessa?
3: I 100% agree. I think making Halloween the last Saturday of October every year is so smart. I think it would make things easier. I mean, I can see scenarios where, you know, a lot of Halloween parties are on Saturday anyway. So I could see a scenario where like, you know, the parents take their kids trick or treating on Thursday night, and then on Saturday night, they go out with their friends to a halloween party so i could see how in some ways halloween being on a weeknight can be helpful for parents sometimes but in general i think this is a great idea it would be so it is really a kid's holiday it would be so nice for kids to be able to just like stay out late do well, halloween the
4: thing is is like you want to wait till it gets dark before your halloween but then that means you have to wait till you know you don't want to trick or treat when it's like super bright out but you also want to be safe and so you don't yes yeah so i think it makes sense i mean my question, I guess, is where it's directed. Like, is this something Congress, like who decides this? Like, is this based on like, right. the town or Congress? Because I feel like this went to Congress. You'd have like, you know, sorry to get political here, but I feel like you'd have someone like Ted Cruz being like, it's crazy. They want to change Halloween. Like yeah, they're ruining yeah, the country. Right. You know, it would somehow like everything else, this would, could become some kind of divisive issue.
3: Yes. But I think that aside, it is a very good idea. Now, there's People like our grandma Evie, whose birthday is on Halloween. Yes. And that would be maybe a bummer, you know, for people who are like, my birthday's Halloween. And now my birthday sometimes falls on Halloween. But I think those people would be willing to make that.
4: I interpret this as October 31st is still Halloween. Like if that's your birthday, that day is still your birthday. Right, but you
3: celebrate it. on. But
4: we're celebrating it. Like sometimes with Hanukkah, because it's so long, like you don't celebrate it. You're like, we're going to pick this night to celebrate it. Like to me, it's. You could still say, okay, the 31st, this is traditionally when... Halloween happens, but we're just like, oh, your birthday falls on a Tuesday, but we're going to have your birthday party Saturday. We do that all the time as a society.
3: I think individual towns could do that. I think that's a really good point, Jonah, is maybe start local. Start local. Think global.
4: Yeah. And maybe some towns are into it and maybe some towns, you know, are stuck in tradition and okay. And, you know, maybe eventually they come around. But I think a lot of towns, from just a safety issue, I think it it makes a lot of uh, sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
3: So, Jonah, I think we're supportive of, honestly, all of these petitions. And I don't mean to speak for you. I'll just speak for myself. If I had to sign one of them, I think I would sign this last one.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think this one, I'm actually thinking about signing this one because I think it's smart. I think it's mixing safer. I think it's just it's just a logical thing. And it's interesting because I never thought of this. I've never heard anyone talk about it. I've never heard this proposed. And it's sort of honestly, in some ways, actually blowing my mind.
3: Yeah, this is what we come to change.org for actually is sometimes we come there for creative solutions to everyday problems like Halloween being on a weeknight.
4: So that's such a good point, Vanessa, and such a great way to wrap up. What was an episode that really took us on a journey from our own Halloween experiences to Halloween culture to how we can even improve Halloween for the next generation, which is really no easy task for a podcast.
3: Wow. We should really feel good about all of the incredible work we've done on this podcast.
4: Yes. If you love the incredible work we've done on this podcast, <laughs> you can subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a nice review or just tell all your friends about it when you're trick-or-treating. You know, perhaps you're trick-or-treating and someone says... Hey, did you get some candy? Like, yeah, I got three Musketeers, whatever. By the way, have you heard this podcast, How Do We Get Weird? They have an yeah. amazing Halloween episode. Maybe we should listen to it while we're trick or treating.
3: And they go, and they go, well, where would I even listen to you? You go anywhere you get your podcasts.
4: Yeah. You go, do you have a phone? Yeah. Then that's where you listen to it.
3: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you to everyone for listening. <laughs> Please, if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and you know cultural touchstones like Halloween.